Get ready. You're tuned in to Tea Time Unfiltered with your girl, Lovely Tea, bringing you the hottest trending topics on social media. Stay connected. Instagram.com slash Lovely Tea 2002. Hey, you guys. Welcome to another episode of Tea Time Unfiltered with your girl, Lovely Tea. Child, I hope you got your bug out bag, bitch. <laughs> Anyways, I hope you guys are doing good. Happy Thursday, honey. We got to talk about this, okay? There's been lots of debates, folks going back and forth. Is we is or is we not, you know, about to survive the, the damn zombie apocalypse, okay? That's what we're trying to figure out here, okay? So welcome to today's podcast. Thank you so much for tuning in to another episode of Tea Time Unfiltered with your girl, Lovely Tea. So if you guys do not know, okay, Nostradamus, <laughs> not Tigrodamus, but Nostradamus, the real, you know, the real Damus. He was predicting all types of stuff, honey, in, you know, years and years ago. And a lot of his predictions have actually come to pass. Well, if you guys do not know, according to Nostradamus, 2021 will be packed with events that will forever shape the future of humanity, which is very scary because we just left 2020. We see how damn C-19 changed the future of humanity. So basically, he predicted that in 2021, a scientist would create a biological weapon and produce a virus that can turn humankind into zombies. Okay, to help calm fears because, you know, this prophecy has been going all over the Internet. People have been talking about this, not just in the conspiracy world, but also on, you know, good old Twitter. And so now the CDC has decided to come out and speak about it. And they wanted to quell concerns and basically give you tips on how to survive the zombie apocalypse. Now, what I find funny about this is this is not the first time that the CDC has done this. They've done this before, but now it seems a little bit more urgent because now news reporters are talking about this. Um, you know, there's a contingency plan that I found when I went digging. So there's a lot of stuff, you know, that might be pointing to zombies possibly being a real thing. Okay. Sorry to tell y'all folks. I'm just saying, you know, we got to prepare for all types of shit nowadays. So I'm going to go ahead and play you guys this news clip, honey. Go ahead and check this side. I'm going to come back with the rest of my commentary. Nostradamus was born in the 16th century and was famous for his prophecies and predictions. Some people think he was right about Hitler and World War II, and now people are worried that he may have been right about a zombie apocalypse. He predicted that in 2021, zombies would start roaming the street, and now the CDC isn't taking any chances at all, and they're putting together guidelines for a zombie apocalypse. The CDC says the first thing you need to do is prepare an emergency kit with food, water, and other emergency supplies. Then they say you should create an emergency plan, including a meetup spot for your family if you guys are separated. The CDC says they would handle a zombie invasion like they do any other pandemic, tracking cases, doing testing, and all that sort of thing. They do have more information if you're worried about a zombie apocalypse on their website website cdc.gov at the cbs 17 digital desk i'm digital reporter judith Ratana. so on top of the cdc's warning about a year or so ago there was also a real live you know plan that was set in place to help decide what cities could survive a zombie apocalypse and unfortunately for nutty new york <laughs> y'all came in last y'all go ahead and check this out 
If you're the kind of person who strategizes about how to survive The Walking Dead, this could be crucial life-saving information. Researchers have rated the best and worst cities in the case of zombie apocalypse. Economic Modeling Specialists International ranked cities on their ability to defend against a zombie attack, stockpiling food, containing zombies, finding a cure. And if you live in New York City, hate to be the bearer of bad news, but you're toast. The city got the worst rating, followed by Tampa, Los Angeles, Riverside, and San Bernardino, California. Southern California really stinks. And Chicago, so the nation's three biggest cities, right? Best place to be? Boston. The city was rated as the place you most likely would survive. Other contenders here, Salt Lake City, Columbus, Ohio, Baltimore, Virginia Beach, and Norfolk, Virginia. But, I, you know, I just have a problem with this, right? Here I live in New York City, and I will admit that Manhattan may not be the best place to survive a zombie apocalypse. Number one, the food is going to go really fast. Number two, they can climb stairs. And as everyone knows, your buildings go up really high. But think if you live in Brooklyn, also part of New York City or Staten Island. You could contain the threat to Manhattan and still have lots of farmland to grow food. I think if you live in Brooklyn, you'll be just fine. I'm not a scientist. All right, so you guys just saw that. Now, on top of that, you know, because like I said, I've been kind of researching all this zombie talk, you know, because that's what I do here. I research. I don't care how far-fetched it is. I want to be prepared, okay? <laughs> I don't want to get caught, okay, living my life, and all of a sudden there's a zombie at my door. So if you guys don't know, there's also a mapping that's out here, and that was put together by the Oxford University Studies Program. And there's basically a mapping of, you know, places where zombies are most likely to be. And, of course, they're in good old America, okay? We have the most zombies than anywhere in the world. There's two theories on the origin of zombies. One is voodoo, and they're saying a cursed person dies and returns as a zombie, and another one is a virus. The virus can be airborne or transferred through bodily fluids such as biting or kissing. And then they also say, remember, zombies are reanimated corpses. If a zombie bites you, you will become one. The only way to kill a zombie is to damage its brain or remove its head. There is no cure. Okay, so this is freaky. Very freaky. So while this might all sound like fun and games and y'all are probably like, okay, T, you're tripping. Okay, we know you're a damn conspiracy theorist, but this is a bit too much. But honestly, you guys, is it really a bit too much? Because as I went to go research it, there's really a contingency plan for zombies. And my thing is, if it's just Hollywood and if it's just scripted, why is there a real zombie plan? Okay, the contingency plan is called Con Plan 888. And you can find it online. This is a real plan from the U.S. military. And what they're saying is that they put this plan together not because they thought that the U.S. would be overran by zombies, but just in case they want to be prepared. So the Con Plan 888 is also known as the Counter Zombie Dominance. It's a U.S. Department of Defense Strategic Command, okay? So as part of this zombie survival plan, the joint operation planning involved organizing between multiple branches of the military. It's a complex tax and training can be fraught. And then they go on to say this. There are eight types of zombies. The anti-zombie plan covers eight threats. Pathogenic zombies, which are created by infectious agents. Think World Z. Radiation zombies, which are created by extreme doses of radiation. 
And then evil magic zombies are a result of occult experimentation. The report notes that the military chaplains may be the best defense against EMZs, evil magic zombies. And the atheists may be the most vulnerable to the attack. Okay, atheists, take note. (laughs) This is coming from the U.S. government. On top of that, there's also space zombies, which come from space or originate from extraterrestrial toxins, the report notes. Asteroids, nuclear space radiation can also convert people into zombies and can affect their landmass or population on Earth. Weaponized zombies are bioengineered by hostile forces. Symbion-induced zombies are similar to pathogen-induced zombies, but they are created by a parasitic life form that didn't kill the host right away. Then there's also vegetarian zombies. These zombies only eat plant life. They don't threaten humans directly, but they could destroy our food crops. Okay, we're already dealing with a shortage of food. You know, all the stuff that happened down in Texas. We don't need zombies eating our food crop, okay? There's already a shortage, okay? Vegetarian zombies, please, may the Lord compel you to stay away from our food supply. Thank you. Then they go on to say that basically instead of moaning brains, these vegetarian zombies will moan grains. Child. (laughs) This is real, as funny as this is, this is real. The, the U.S. military really worked on a zombie contingency plan. This is not a joke. You can Google this. Okay? Another form of zombie is a chicken zombie. And as we all know, we're going through an egg shortage. Also a meat shortage. So we don't need this type of zombie either. Then they go on to talk about the CDC. In an effective response to the zombie attack... We will have to involve the Centers for Disease Control and Prevention. As there is no known zombie medical cure, the CDC is the best source for pushing back against the pandemic. Fortunately, the CDC is one step ahead of the military on this one. In 2011, the agency wrote a blog post on how to prepare for the zombie apocalypse. And the plans were to promote real disaster preparedness. And once again, that post that was written back then is being, you know, it's being sent out again. And it got sent out five days ago. So something is amiss, okay? So while thinking about all this zombie stuff, it had me thinking back to a situation that went down several years ago. And it's very interesting now that so many years has passed because I've really been over here brainstorming like, was that some type of test? We've had not one but two zombie situations in Florida. If you guys remember, back in Florida, people initially thought, you know, it was a bath salt outbreak because that's when people were getting high off of bath salts. And, you know, if you took bath salts, they would make you crazy. So there was a young Haitian man. If you guys remember that, this is his picture here. So if you guys remember this young man, his name was Rudy Eugene. And back then, his friends had talked to the news like nobody saw this coming and they were very surprised with what happened. So this was what was being reported back then. The best friends of the man the police say committed the cannibal style attack on the MacArthur Causeway are hoping the police investigation reveals what caused Rudy Eugene to snap. Rudy Eugene's friend Bobby told CBS4 that he knew his friend had a secret, but he died before finding out what it was. Okay, remember that. He had a secret. So they go on to say this. He said he had something that he wanted to tell us, but he didn't know that we would understand, Bobby said. 
I don't know what it was. Bobby and his friend Joe have known Eugene since middle school. More than 15 years later, they say that image of their friend lying naked after chewing the face off of a stranger just didn't line up with the man that they knew. I saw the video and that's not Rudy, Bobby said. Physically, it was Rudy, but mentally, that's not Rudy. I'm still in denial that he's gone and I can't believe that's him. I cannot believe what I heard. Eugene's friends say he wasn't a drinker or drug addict. Keep that in mind. In fact, they say the last time they saw him was on the Thursday before his death. Eugene made a promise. His last words to me were he wanted to get his life right and that he wanted to get close to God. Bobby said, and he wanted to stop smoking pot. That's it. Miami police believe that the 31-year-old was under the influence of something much more powerful than marijuana the day that he walked onto the Myth Arthur Causeway, shedding his clothes along the way. Authorities believe that LSD or possibly some designer drug known as bath salts may have been in Eugene's system when he chewed the face of his victim, Ronald Popo. His friends don't doubt the theory, but they don't think that Eugene was responsible. It has to be some sort of drug that somebody must have slipped him because Rudy was not the type to pop a Tylenol pill, Bobby said. Until they get answers, all they're left with are memories and what ifs. If I was there, I guarantee you this wouldn't have happened, Bobby said adamantly. He would have made it home safe, slept it off, would have gotten back up, and we wouldn't be here right now. Popo is still fighting for his life at Jackson Memorial Hospital. So that was very interesting that this young man and the, and we're going to compare the two cases because there's another young man. Now, this young man who was black, he was shot. So while he was attacking um, this poor, you know, homeless man, his name was Ronald Popo. He was 65 years old at the time. He was attacking and eating his face. OK, so this was serious. And Ronald Popo, a lot of people don't realize it. He ended up surviving. So he survived this zombie attack. Now, they did kill the young black man, um, Eugene. But what I found funny is the fact that he said to his friends that he had to tell them a secret, but he did not think that his friends would understand and that he was also trying to get closer to God. So I wonder if there was something there, right? So I'm going to go ahead and show you guys the face of Ronald Popo in 2019. He made it. He made an appearance. He does unfortunately look scary. And that's just keeping it real. No disrespect. He definitely looks like he was attacked and mauled. And it's really sad. And, you know, it's a blessing that that man is still alive. You know, the whole situation still haunts me to this day because I remember covering this on my news channel years ago. So now... While I was reinvestigating that case. So today's sponsor comes from BetterHelp.com. Are there certain things that are interfering with your happiness? Is there something that's preventing you from achieving your goals? Well, BetterHelp is here to assess your needs and match you with a licensed professional therapist. You can speak to them in a safe and comfortable environment and everything will be confidential. BetterHelp is convenient, professional, and affordable. In fact, so many people have been using BetterHelp that they are now recruiting additional counselors in all 50 states. If you want to start living a happier life today, as a listener, you can get 10% off your very first month by visiting BetterHelp.com slash SipSlow. That is my code to get the 10% off. Over 1 million people are taking charge of their mental health by talking to licensed professional counselors who specialize in a variety of things. Everything from depression to stress, anxiety, relationship issues, sleeping, trauma, and much more. So once again, if you are looking for some type of mental health support, make sure you go on to betterhelp.com slash sip slow to get 10% off today.
I never, you know, I wanted to find out, well, what was in the system? Was it bath salts? You know, was it LSD? Well, if you guys don't know, back in 2012, the medical examiner came out and they ruled out bath salts. So this is what the medical examiner says. Lab tests detected only marijuana in the system of a Florida man shot while chewing another man's face. The medical examiner said Wednesday, ruling out other street drugs, including components typically found in stimulants such as in stimulants known as bath salts. There has been much speculation about what drugs, if any, would lead to a bizarre behavior that authorities said Rudy Eugene exhibited before and during the gruesome, before and during the gruesome attack that left another man horribly disfigured. A Miami police union officer suggested that Eugene, who was shot and killed by officers, was probably under the influence of bath salt. The Miami-Dade medical examiner said in the news release that the toxic detected marijuana, but it didn't find any other street drugs, alcohol, or prescription drugs. Eugene also tested negative for, for any alderant commonly mixed with street drugs. The department ruled out the most common component found in bath salts, which mimics the effect of cocaine or methamphetamine and have been associated with bizarre crimes in the past months. An outside forensic toxicology lab, which took a second look at the results, also confirmed the absence of bath salt, synthetic marijuana, and LSD. The message left with the medical examiner's office for comment were not immediately returned. So those were the results. I don't know if people realized that. I had just assumed that he took bath salts because that's what the police said, but he did not. There was nothing in the system besides marijuana, like his friend said during the news interview. So I found that very, very interesting that this man just out of the blue turned into a zombie and started attacking somebody. So now this took place in 2012. This, I mean, this was a huge story back then. So now we fast forward to 2016 and there's a young man. This is the second zombie attack. His name is Austin Haroof. Um, His situation, he's facing first degree murder charges. And this took place on August 15th of 2016. And so what happened is that basically Austin, who was 19 years old, was found on top of the bloody bodies of 59-year-old John, and he was gnawing his face and making growling sounds inside of the garage of the home in southeast Kokomo Lane. The deputies also found 53-year-old Michelle beaten, bloodied, and unresponsive. In the weeks and months and now years that have followed, the case has garnered international attention. A couple of first-degree murder charges, and they're also trying to diagnose him with werewolf syndrome. Now, what I find very interesting about this is that basically um, when they saw the black man attacking, you know, this guy, they shot him. You know, it's like, oh, my God, he's a zombie. He's a werewolf. He was shot instantly. But when they saw this young white boy doing the same thing, somehow they were able to rescue him. I don't know. Not trying to bring race into it, but even in the zombie apocalypse, you may get killed if you're a black man eating on people versus if you're a white man. I I just find that very, very convenient. But anyways, I just had to point that out. So they basically took him into custody and they're trying to say that he may have something known as werewolf syndrome. Honey, they will come out with all types of syndromes and mental illnesses when white boys fuck up, won't they? (laughs) Which I'm not ready for that conversation. So they're saying this is what happened the night of the murder. So on August 15, 2016, 
Austin Haruf, who was 19 at the time, he left dinner with his father, Wade Haruf, and his sister and his father's girlfriend at the Duffy Sports Bar and Grill in Juniper. And he goes to his mother's house. There, after acting strangely and drinking cooking oil, his mother drives him back to the Duffy's. Eventually, after another fight with his father, he leaves and finds himself wandering the streets of Southeast Kokomo Lane. Friends and family later tell the Post that John Stevens and Michelle spent most of their time in the garage entertaining guests and relaxing. It is in that garage and their driveway that her roof killed the couple. A neighbor, Jeff Fisher, tried to intervene when he heard commotion outside, but he was also attacked by her roof and was bleeding from his injuries. He ran back home and called 911. At the scene, a bloody knife and a pair of scissors were found, according to the crime scene photos. When the Martin County Sheriff's Department arrived, they used a taser on her roof and kicked him in the head and used a law enforcement dog to remove him from Stephen's body. Eventually, her roof was taken to St. Mary's Medical Center. Notice nobody shot him instantly. Law enforcement officers say that they don't know what prompted the attacks, but believe it may have been a drug-fueled crime. The theory is later debunked by toxicology reports. Now, on top of that, there's audio of his mother calling the police when her son just started out of the blue acting very strangely. So you guys check this out. Police Department lunch recorded. Is this Chrissy? Um, yes, I need to, I don't know how to do this. My son, he's, um, kind of taken off and I'm concerned about his own safety. How old is he? Acting a little strange. Um, 19. Does he live, does he live with you? Yes. Okay, what do you mean acting strange? Um, I, it seems like he's a little um, delusional or like he's acting like that has, does he have a history like of that or anything? Recent, no, this is just like recent um, change mm-hmm. and that we're noticing um, and he was out to dinner with his dad today and he took off and we just you know, he was with his sister and he says you know, he's feels immortal and um, like a superhero. So I'm just, I don't know what's going on with him. Do you know if he's been taking any drugs or anything like that? Nothing. I've asked and mm-hmm. nothing recent Right. that uh, I know of. So did he leave the house or did he leave from the restaurant? Where's he last he seen at? the restaurant at Duffy's. What, which Duffy's is that? Um, by I-95. And what city, though? We dispatch for five. Jupiter, I'm sorry. Okay, hold on. You know, he wants to help everybody. He's, yeah, headed. Well, last scene was going towards Island Way, um, towards, like, going towards North, north of Church Street. Yeah. How long ago was this that he left? I want to say 10 o'clock. It's not 9.30. And he left on foot? Nobody's, yes. He has no ID on him, His um, no phone. And where are you at, ma'am? Uh, I'm at home. For Oliver Joseph, the circumstances surrounding the case were almost too much to believe. How the police had to come in, canine unit. This is all very dramatic stuff, very theatrical, very, you know, out there. 
almost movie-like. No movie, but a true horror. A husband and wife dead, a neighbor seriously injured, and the man behind it all, someone he's been sitting in class with since the ninth grade. Obviously, it's not every day that, you know, one of the people you know, like, eats somebody and commits a like a double homicide. Joseph attended Suncoast High and then FSU with Austin Harif. He says Harif was once a shy high school freshman. Early on in high school, very quiet kid. Um, maybe a little bit socially lacking. But Joseph says he saw the change as Harif got involved in sports and his popularity grew. As he shifted and met kind of different types of people, maybe he wasn't prepared to handle that. Um, that type of attention. I think freshman Austin wouldn't have done this. This kid had a lot of potential in a lot of different ways and for it to go this way and now his condition might be deteriorating. It's just a tragedy. What was in Austin Harris system the night the Martin County Sheriff claims the Jupiter teenager killed a Martin County couple? Prosecutors aren't saying much yet, but more court documents released today detail what he told first responders that deadly night in August. News Channel 5's John Shaneman now with the new information from the Martin County Jail. If you believe what Austin Harif told EMTs and other first responders the night a Tequesta couple was killed, he didn't have any exotic drugs in his system. When first responders arrived at the home of John Stevens and Michelle Mishkan, they found Austin Harif on top of Stevens' body, biting his face. Do you know if he's been taking any drugs or anything like that? I've asked, and mm -hmm. nothing recent that uh, I know of. That was Harif's mother speaking with 911 operators the night of the murders. In court documents released Monday, a paramedic on scene asked Harif if he had taken anything, to which Harif replied that he smoked some weed and drank some alcohol. While Harif admitted to them, a sergeant also asked the teen that night if he had taken any drugs. Harif said, no, he did not use drugs. You could drug test him. All right, so you guys just listened to those videos, and it's very eerie you know, going back and listening to all of that stuff. And, you know, his parents were really worried about him. Like, they weren't the type of parents, as soon as they noticed something strange in their son, they didn't look the other way. When he ran from his mother's house that night after drinking the cooking oil and acting strange, she jumped on the phone and called 911. You know, some parents would have been like, whatever, let him go do his thing. He's grown. He's 19. She was worried and she caught the police. And even before then, um, it was also noted two weeks before this even took place, the father had caught the doctor and told the doctor about his bizarre behavior as well. So I find it very interesting that there's, you know me, I'm going to make connections, honey. So I find it very interesting that there's all this talk about, you know, zombie apocalypse. And, you know, we had um, Nostradamus. I was talking about him at the beginning of the podcast and how, you know, his prophecies tend to come through. We have, you know, the CDC putting out warnings. Um, we found the contingency plan by the military. You know, you've seen the news talking about zombie stuff over the years. What if these guys, they're both from Florida. These were both Florida um, situations. One was in like the Palm Beach area. The other one was in Miami. So not too far from each other. What if they were running tests on these guys? Because it's very interesting how their situations sound very similar. Unfortunately, we're not able to question Rudy because he was killed on the spot. But from everything that Rudy's friends said and from what Austin's family and friends were saying, the only thing they did was soft stuff like marijuana. Marijuana doesn't have you tweaking like that. And when they got back the toxicology report, neither of them had bath salts, LSD, or anything crazy in their system. They had everything that the friend said that Rudy would have, 
And that is what Austin said that he had in his system when he was being driven to the hospital. So I find that very interesting that both of these guys, they only had marijuana in their system, um, were both basically caught red-handed attacking and eating human flesh. I mean, that's what it is. And these were both very vicious attacks. One took place in 2012, and then the other took place four years later in 2016. So I find that very, very interesting. And they had called Rudy Eugene. They they dubbed him the Miami zombie. And they called this young man the Palm Beach zombie. So I just find that very, very interesting that maybe, you know, is it so far-fetched to believe that the government might be running experiments on people? You know, maybe putting things into their marijuana, maybe lacing their stuff with certain things, or, or MK Ultra mind control to make these people snap out. And just, you know, behave erratically out of the blue. You know, this wasn't them behaving erratically for months and years. This literally came out of the blue. In Rudy's situation, it was like a light switch was turned on. In this young man's situation, Austin, it was like, you know, a progression of two weeks. And then he snapped out. So I personally wouldn't put it past this shady government, honey, to have done something to these young men or picked them out and said, y'all are going to be our zombie tuss dummies to see, you know, what happens. Now, one of my favorite Denzel Washington movies, it came out in like 2004, but it was called The Manchurian Candidate. And a lot of people really love that movie. And that was like one of the first movies that kind of gave you an inside look at people being implanted with things in their brains, in their backs, and basically being set off with the moment's notice. I don't put anything past anybody, honey. And I, and I definitely believe in predictive programming. Because if you guys have not seen The Manchurian Candidate, I will play the trailer so you guys can hear it. But definitely go check it out like on YouTube or whatever. But I remember one of the lines that always stood out to me was when the scientist guy says... With the flick of a switch, we can adjust your character and we can change your personalities. So for me, it's not too far-fetched to think this could have maybe happened to either one of these guys who have been dubbed the zombie men or, you know, of damn Ratchet Florida. You know what I mean? Because their personalities literally just switched at the flick of a switch. Y'all go ahead and listen to this trailer. I sleep, I dream, I don't want to dream. Something happened out there in the desert that night during that mission, and it's not what we thought it was, and it happened on my watch. We've been down this road with you before, yes? No, no, sir. Not this road. Congressman! Congressman Shaw! Sergeant Shaw, you ever dream about Kuwait? Captain Marco! How much do you actually know about your friend? I served under him, he was a good man. That's what the neighbors always say about serial killers. Somebody put an implant inside me. I got a good feeling they put one in you, too. You need to get help, Ben. I'm not crazy, Shaw. Raymond, this is J.B. Johnson of Manchurian Global. We're strong supporters. To flick the switch, we can adjust character, change personality. These are not supposed to exist. Raymond Prentice, Shaw. Listen. This is a coup. 
Remember in that movie when he realized that he had been programmed and they had put an implant, they had embedded the implant into his back and it was basically messing with his memories and then slowly but surely his real memories started to return. You know, what if it's something like that where they put a chip in one of these guys and then, you know, hit the zombie button and they just wild out. I don't know. That's where my brain goes. But I just found it very interesting. Like I said before, there's all this talk of, you know, the zombie apocalypse, the CDC coming out with this warning, you know, all these news programs talking about it. And in our lifetime, we've had not one but two legitimate zombie attacks in the state of Florida. You know, I just find that very, very suspicious. Okay, so I just want to go ahead and break this down to you guys, because I know a lot of people are asking my thoughts, what I thought about the whole zombie situation and the whole CDC talking about it. You know, I think it's good to prepare for any and everything, zombies included. But I also find both of these cases very, very strange and unnerving. They've never sat well with me, especially the whole Rudy Eugene situation. And then to see the update on Mr. Ronald uh, Popo's face was just ooh wee that was just heartbreaking but god bless him for finding a silver lining in everything so anyways y'all thank you once again for joining me here for another episode of tea time unfiltered i'll talk to you guys later let me know your thoughts on all this zombie talk honey thank you for listening to today's show make sure you join us again soon for all the latest tea make sure you follow me on my social media pages just put in l-o-v-e-l-y-t-i on twitter instagram facebook and youtube